Welcome to the OV's Backstop Podcast, presented by Clover Crest Media, a CMG Sports Network. I'm Ovi Muniz, along with Sean Scanlon. Both of us will be hosting this show, and we're quite excited to get this show started. It's been long, and we've been waiting patiently for this day to come. Uh, so welcome aboard, Sean. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait to, to talk some Red Sox baseball. Absolutely. And even my kids in the background having some fun. They just finished watching some baseball that we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, the game is already official, officially over Excuse me, with the Twins winning over the Red Sox by the score of 7-6. A lot of players been used in this game, and just as expected, it's preseason. But with uh, Nathan Evaldi being the starter, uh, all the pitchers that starting for the Red Sox for this week will only have two innings pitched later on to the following week. So that's that's pretty good little little warm up here and there. So those two inning drills before they start adding some more innings to it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, this is usually how the spring training games go. Um, you you get to see a lot of pinch hitters. Usually, uh, most of the starters don't start. Like you know, we only saw Devers and Vasquez. Um, we didn't see the likes of you know Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez. So I feel like it's usually more the developmental guys. You know who. Uh, have a chance to make the 25-man roster. They want to see, um, you know, who who do, who they think has the most talent, who they think that could, you know, elevate themselves to the 25-man roster. And then, you know, for the pitchers, like you said, you, we only usually see one or two innings out of the starting pitchers because they like to see, you know, who wants who's going to be their rotation out of the bullpen. One of the guys at the end of the rotation, the starting rotation. So uh, it, it makes sense. I, obviously, this is usually how spring training goes. We get to see a lot of guys out there. Absolutely, and I, I just can't wait. Uh... To, to actually have regular baseball, and hopefully by the time the season starts, the fans can also be a part of it as we get into that transition for everyone to get vaccinated across the country. But before we move on about the Red side, let's introduce ourselves, who we really are, and why we start in this podcast. So I'll start with myself. Again, my name is Ovi Muniz, and I was born and raised in New Britain, Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, well, what's in Connecticut? What I tell you, back in 1983 was the start of the AA franchise team, the New Britain Red Sox. The most notable players I watched and met were Brady Anderson, Jeff Bagwell, Ellis Burks, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Mo Vaughn. And out of all of, uh, of the names that I mentioned, one, Jeff Bagwell, who is a Hall of Famer, and then potentially, if ever will be, Kurt Schilling and maybe Roger Clements. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was any debate about how these guys spoke, you know, be nominated into the Hall of Fame, I'll, I'll say beforehand, especially Roger Clements, before even his steroid air use and everything else, this guy was already a Hall of Famer because he dominated the 80s. I mean, yeah. it, it, he was the most talked about uh, with... Dwight Gooden from the New York Mets at the time. But uh, the New Britain Red Sox, again, moved to New Britain in 1983 at Beehive Field. Their first year with Roger Clemens, they actually won the championship, the Eastern League Championship. But then after 1994 season, the, the team moved on to Portland Sea Dogs. New Britain became known as the Hardware City Rockcats, but fell under the AA team of the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Going back to, let's say, August 2nd in 1986 was that I remember the very first time I went to Fenway Park. I was approximately, I want to say about seven or eight years old at the time. It was an awesome experience, even though the Red Sox will lose the game by the score of 13-2. Tom Seaver was the starting pitcher who went six shutout innings until he entered the seventh. 
Seaver, Bob Stanley, and Tim Lawler gave up 11 runs in the seventh inning. I was disappointed because I had to leave the, the seventh inning stretch. Hmm. I had to leave because my father was like, yo, let's go because we need to beat the traffic to go home. And remind you, it was an hour and a half to get from Fenway Park to where we reside in, in Connecticut. So um, I was disappointed because I wanted to see the bottom of the ninth, three outs. And me being little, I had that pride. Like, oh, man, the rest of us will come back. And my father knew, like, no, ain't going to happen. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I got to see Jim Rice uh, hit. I know he scored a run. Um, the other guy, if I'm not mistaken, shortstop uh, Ray Quinones. He was one of my favorite players. And, of course, the catcher, uh, Rich Gedgeman, he played that game. Again, it's a wonderful experience, especially uh, the last couple of seasons. My, minus last year, the previous years, to go and visit Fenway Park and everything. It's just, it's an awesome park to be in. I can't say yeah. the same outside the park. Uh, <laughs> I just wish that there was at least room for parking. Yeah, diehard Red Sox fan all the way. How about you, Sean? Yeah, same here. Um, you know, my my memories of the Red Sox, really, my first memories come back from the, the amazing 2004 team. I was five years old, so that's really, you know, some of the first memories I have. But um, obviously, I, I just fell in love with the team right away. I mean, my dad was a, you know, huge Red Sox fan, so that's how I fell in love with the team. But um you know, obviously, Big Poppy and all those those clutch hits in the postseason, and then you know Manny Ramirez with his his dreads flying around, being one of the best hitters in baseball. And then uh, you mentioned Kurt Schilling, but him and Pedro Martinez just absolutely shoving, you know, pitching the ball. Uh, you know, it was just I, I fell in love with that team. Obviously, um, we we broke the curse that year, and I, I came in as a good as, at a good time as a Red Sox fan. Obviously, I missed missed that '86 year curse, and I kind of just went right into to winning World Series. So. Um, it's it's been great uh, being a Red Sox fan. Obviously, I've loved them my whole life, and um, just a, a bunch of memories from that 2004 team. Uh, that's that's really the team that I fell in love with. But even you know the 2007 team, uh, you know with guys like Dustin Pedroia, and um, you know I was a catcher myself, so Jason Veritek was, was always one of my favorites. And then obviously Papelbon, um, it was just a dominant closer that year. So uh, yeah, growing up, I mean the Red Sox have always meant so much to me. Um, that's that's really the first sport that I fell in love with. So um, I, I've always been a huge Red Sox fan. And, you know, you mentioned Fenway Park, but uh, it's truly an experience that, you know, it, it, it can't be reciprocated anywhere else. I feel like um, just the feel of that ballpark, it's obviously it's been there since 1912. So it's got that old school feel to it. But um, I, I love going to Fenway. I, I went a lot when I was a, uh, a younger kid and I, I've still, you know, gone uh, every once in a while to catch a game. But I. Uh, I can't wait till you know the the vaccination. Everyone gets vaccinated. And, you know, uh, you know, we get back to some normal normalcy when COVID is over. Because I definitely want to get back to Fenway Park. Uh, you know, maybe catch a Red Sox Yankees game. But um, it, it just yeah. I, I mean, I I've, I've loved the Red Sox my whole life, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to them bouncing back this year. Because I I can't see uh, any of what we saw last year. It was a a rough year, but I I, I have hope and. That, you know, with Alex Cora back, and I, I believe in Heim Bloom and, and the team that you know he's assembling. Uh, I think we we got some good Red Sox baseball uh, coming forward this season. Over, I was optimistic really to see which direction, but at the more I dig into these players, everyone has a common thing here. They all play defense. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, but in order to play good defense, you got to have good pitching. And yep. I'm hoping that this year we have some good pitching. Now, there are some that are borderline, and I'm not a big fan of pitches with, with a 4.00 ERA and above. I'm not a big fan of that. And I'm hopefully that things turn around with Alex Cora as the manager 
and be able to settle things down because you said it last year was a disaster. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, Ressa looked like like if Bobby Valentine was the actually the manager. <laughs> all right, we, it could have been that close as the worst of the season, despite it being sixty games. You know, it was a total disaster, and we knew that once Quarter wasn't there, it, things were just never the same. And then you could add on, and we're gonna talk about this later on with the three Bs that were in our outfield with Mookie Betts. Uh, Benatelli and then Bradley not being there anymore. It's just a total shift. It really is, is a total shift there. And then speaking about that, you mentioned in the World Series champions and all the last time we won is 2018. Look, these are the remaining players that was in that 2018 team. And that is the pitchers, Matt Barnes, which we will talk about later. Nathan Avoldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Chris Sale, catcher, Christian Vasquez, the infielders, Alexander uh, Bogarts and Rafael Devers, and outfielder J.D. Martinez, which is going to spend most of the time as a, as a D.H. With those there and now Chris Sale is not going to probably not going to start on time for the regular season. They're just so much fresh bodies. And I think that these guys here that already know and feel how, to, how it is to win a championship could spread that wealth. And we could start with new players new development, new attitude moving in for the 2021 season. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely weird. There's been a lot of turnover from that 2018 team just, you know, a little over two years ago. And obviously, uh, most of the core pieces from that team are gone. So, but I, I think, like you said, uh, the players that are here obviously have that championship identity. Um, I, you know, I, Xander Bogarts is the leader of this team. He's he's the most consistent player on this team. And, uh, you know, he's going to bring that championship mentality. And then uh, J.D. Martinez, I don't think he's going to struggle again like he did last year. I, he's one of the best pure hitters in baseball, especially at the DH position. So I, I don't see that uh, continuing. I, I think it was just a rough season for him. Obviously, uh, the COVID season last year was really weird. So I think he'll get back to his ways. And then Rafael Devers, he had if he didn't have that really slow start to last year, he, he finished really strong. So I, I believe in him. I have a lot of confidence in him. Um and like you said, the pitching was terrible last year. There, you had some guys out there like Josh Osick and Mike Kickham, who I don't think had any business being in the MLB, let alone, you know, starting pitching games. So uh, I think they'll be much better on that front like uh, this year. Like you said, Eduardo Rodriguez um, missed last year due to COVID symptoms. But last time we saw him, you know, he had a 20-win season. Um, he was probably the ace of the, the 2019 team. Um, Chris Sale, you know, obviously he's still recovering from that Tommy John, but you know, hopefully by, you know, maybe August or early September, we'll get him back. Hopefully at that point, we're still uh, in the postseason hunt. So it'd be nice to get him back. And then Evaldi, um, he's been injured for a lot of his tenure here, especially last year. But I, I think once we get these guys back from injury, um, we also bring back Martin Perez, who was probably our most consistent pitcher last year. So I think the starting pitching will be much better this year. Uh, I expect the offense to be back. So uh, I think that uh, the disaster season that happened last year, I, I think we're going to put it behind us. You know, we're bringing Alex Cora back. So I think that um, I don't I don't think that, you know, we're going to be, you know, championship favorites. But I, I think that a lot of people are sleeping on us. I think that we're, we're really underrated going into the season. And that's usually when the Red Sox have a lot of success. So um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And you mentioned Alex Cora coming back for the second time. And again, Alex Cora returns as the manager for one year from a one year suspension by MLB was involved in the cheating scandal while with the Houston Astro as a bench coach in 2017. Cora's first season with the Red Sox, he led the team to a team record of total of 103 wins and a World Series championship. Cora is the fifth manager in Red Sox history to return to the organization. But also, 
And here's a trivia question for you. Okay. How many managers have started first season for the Red Sox and win in their first year a World Series? Uh, I know that there's three. There's been three in my lifetime, obviously, with Francona in 04, John Farrell in 2013, and then uh, Alex in his first year. So there's three right there. I don't know uh, really beyond that too deep into Red Sox history, especially because we hadn't won championships in 86 years before that. So my guess would be three. I'm not sure if there's any beyond that, but uh, uh, hopefully that's the right answer. What I, I had to do some research here, and Alex Cora became the fifth manager to win it. The sixth to make their appearance. And here it is. In 1912, uh, manager Stahl, uh, uh, first year, won the World Series. And 1918, with manager Burrow. And 1967, manager Williams went to the World Series but lost to the St. Louis Cardinals. And then, like you mentioned, Terry Francona, Job Farrell, and then, of course, Alex Cora. So can Alex Cora be that magic that the Red Sox need first Returning back from suspension, first year once again, and winning it for the hometown favorite, the Boston Red Sox. We'll have to see there. And a lot of pressures to him because of everything that's going on. Can he take this team to another level? People predicting Boston to finish fourth out of fifth with Baltimore being last in the American League East. Um, still with a winning record. Okay, that just means that everybody else in American League are just not as good as the American League East. But there are plenty of competition. Let's fast forward here. You know, the Yankees are adding offense. I keep saying that their pitching is still suspect because in order to win the championship, you got to have pitching. The Toronto Blue Jays are spending a lot of money this offseason. They got George Springer as one of the top signings in the free agency. That's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of issue there. And let's talk about Guerrero Jr., which I have seen play in the double-A system or with um, New Hampshire, okay, in the double-A, watching the Hartford Yard Goats in our local town. The Blue Jays are set this year, and I won't be surprised if the Blue Jays finish in first or being in competition to hit the playoffs. Of course, the Yankees are at it every year. The Yankees, if I'm not mistaken, have gone in four straight years uh, to the playoffs, but has zero appearances in the World Series. So can they make that push with Aaron Boone? Who knows? But I tell you what, we're going to hear all about the Red Sox and the Yankees rivalry uh, when that time comes when we invite Joe Aguirre to the show because he is strictly a Yankee fan, and I mm-hmm. would not hesitate to debate with him because nope. there's nothing to show for since 2001. The Yankees only won one World Series. The Red Sox has won Four. Now you yep. could tell me that they're the 27 time champion or whatever number they are, but uh, if you can't produce in the new millennium, they, then you got some yeah. issues. They they won the majority of those World Series before World War II, so I, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything from Yankees fans about winning World Series championships. <laughs> You're gonna wake up some other people because they'd be like, "Well, what happened in the 90s or the 2000s?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's it. old news there. Yeah, but um. Hey, lastly, the Red Sox um, on Saturday, February 27th, the Red Sox finalized their uh, trade deal and acquired minor league right-hander pitcher Zach Bryant from the Chicago Cubs that completed the trade back in August 31st. Uh, and they gave away uh, left-hander pitcher Josh Osage. So, um, and I think business kept going and going and, until the final ends. 
I mean, you would think that the deadline's a deadline, but I guess not. When they say a player to be named later, that just means it might take a year or two to get that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, that's a it's a real definition right there. Later, later can mean anything, I guess. Right, but hey, there are five questions people people want to know, and one is: Can Devers learn how to play in the field? I I think he can. Um, I think he showed a lot of improvements last year, and obviously it's a smaller sample size. It was only a sixty game season. But I mean, he. I, I remember one pick uh, against. You know, it was on ESPN uh, uh, against the Yankees, and he. You know, he he picked it. It was up going uh, ball hit hard up the third baseline. He he went and picked it, and he threw an absolute missile to first base. So just plays like that. He. I think he obviously obviously has the potential. Um, there's times where he does slip up, and um, his errors have been high in the past. But I think that he was a lot better last season. And obviously, we know what he can do at the plate. So if he does get it done on the field, obviously, you know, he could be. Uh, a tremendous player on both sides of the ball, obviously. And I, I think he's got the potential to do that. We also have to realize that he, he's, he's still super young. Um, he, he came up to the Red Sox at a very young age. He, he's still developing. So, and having Alex quarterback, I know that they have a very good relationship. Obviously, uh, you know, Raphael Devers doesn't speak a lot of English, so he, it's easier to him connect with a guy like Alex Cora, you know, who speaks his native language. So, I, I think that I think that having a quarterback, I, I think that you know, with the improvements that he showed last season, I think that Devers can definitely get to that spot where he's good in the field. JD Martinez, you know, he had an off season twenty, and of course, it was COVID season. Everything else, pretty much, a, a, a lot of things went unbalanced for the Red Sox organization. Uh, and people saying, "Can he hit again?" I'm sure that he'll get his form back. You said it yourself, the name Alex Cora. But then they have their pitching coach. The staff is set for success here. So I won't doubt that Martinez will ever fall, fall apart this season. Also, Evaldi making it through the season. Look, he's pitching the first game. Uh, he is not the ace. So Rodriguez has been named the, the starter for the game opener for the Red Sox already. So we'll have to wait and see there to see if he remains healthy. The pitchers are look promising. Uh, according to Cora and the rest of the staff. But I think every ball club is going to probably say the same thing over and over again. Oh, they look promising. No worries. But until we get that first pitch on game one, we'll actually see what's going on there. And then, Doug, the biggest question I think out of all of all that they were asked, Matt Barnes, can he close out the game? And I'm going to tell you right now, I kind of I was a big fan of Matt Barnes as a setup, man. Okay, yeah. the guy that could hold down Whenever you had players on base, like, you know, the new rules is you get in a, a reliever. He has to stay in for three batters. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the guy that you you need to get in there. I just don't feel like that's the guy that I'm going to start the bottom on the ninth or the top of the ninth, you know, actually, yeah, the ninth inning and to close out the game. It just, I just feel he's not that trustworthy, you know, I and I get nervous. It's like, oh, here we go. Is he going to locate that ball? on the spot when, when Vasquez wants that ball and, and, and that glove, you know what I mean? You know, for the most part I saw last year, I was like, oh, man, this guy's just going to blow it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to get out of Matt Barnes. I don't think that he is the guy to be the closer. But what's your take on this? I completely agree with you. I, I think he was much better as a setup man. Um, And it, like you said, every time he runs out of the bullpen, I kind of say, oh, man, here we go again. Because you never know what you're going to get with him. Sometimes, you know, some nights you get a, you know, a really good performance. Other nights he he blows a four-run lead and, and the Red Sox end up losing. So 
Um, although, you know, he is a Connecticut guy, so I, I feel bad saying it uh, for him. But I, I think he is better as that eighth inning guy, you know, the setup guy when, you know, hopefully we have, especially in games when we have a lead, you know, just have him go in, uh, s- settle down. So all the pressure is not on him. Obviously, when you're the closer, there's a lot of pressure on you. So I, I think, you know, in 2018, when we had Craig Kimbrell, um, he was very good in that role as the eighth inning setup guy. And the last two years, we haven't, we've had kind of a closer by committee. It's, you know, it's been, you know, whoever has the hot hand. And most of the time it's been Barnes that has been thrown out there. But I think he's really struggled in that role, like you said. So I, I do agree he should be the setup man. And I, I think, you know, Adam Adovino would probably make more sense as the closer. Um, the You know, the, the pitcher who we acquired from the Yankees, obviously, he, he kind of had a down year last year. But I, I thought it was a good acquisition because if you look at his numbers um, beyond last year, I, I think last year was more of an outlier. I, I think he's a really reliable um, veteran pitcher. So I think that he makes more sense as the closer, but I, I do agree. I think Matt Barnes should be in that eighth inning role instead. This show is presented by Clovercrest Media, the CMG Sports Network. Visit clovercrestmedia.com for the variety of your favorite podcasts. Tune in each week as we get set for our journey of the 2021 Red Sox baseball. With Sean Scanlon, I am Ovi Muniz. This is Ovi's Backstop Podcast.